Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us for our Married at First Sight reunion part two recap. I understand this is probably the most random episode we put out considering the length of time from release to this episode, but we have been with you guys for six months. We had to end it properly regardless. It doesn't feel right to not cover part two. Right? Even though so much of it was just repeat of everything that kept being repeated, it's okay. We still got a few gems in there. I think your biggest annoyance of this episode was that after we speak to a couple on their issues, we're going to do a group setting and go over the exact same thing we just talked about with the couple. Yep. Because they weren't in the back listening, we needed their reaction to their second time hearing this. I enjoyed part two. The only part that kind of bugged me was that it almost felt forced how many folks on the cast were pushing the Shaq and Kirsten relationship, rekindling. The pressure was real. Wow. Not needed. We go from Kirsten saying, we are never getting back together. That's nice to hear. It's great when Shaq is, quote, ear fingers opening up. And then as they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and by the end of the episode, I feel like she's beaten down so much that she's like, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Even though she was very clear right at the beginning, I don't want this together. Like, I don't want us together. Speaking of Kirsten and Shaq, we do start with them. We go right into it. What caused Shaq to say no? He said he got into his head and that he does regret it. He mentions eventually that he felt like he wasn't enough for Kirsten. And we saw segments of this throughout the season, which they did replay as far as Kirsten joking about needing, you know, someone to buy her a home. But Shaq at that moment in time was definitely not taking it as a joke and sort of being measured up not only to that, but it seemed like in a way to her father, which looking back now, it seems like. Maybe they would have had a better chance if they did have the opportunity to form more of a relationship during their marriage as far as Shaq with Kirsten's father, as far as maybe expectations or communicating or even to have just another person that knows Kirsten and how to communicate with her, what she really expects from a uh, from a partner. You know what I noticed while I was watching this? I had a lot of recency bias. I was very... How do I say it? I understood Kirsten so much more, I felt. And then there was one part of this episode where I was like, mm, I remember exactly why I roasted her every episode. I remember now. I'll get to it. But there was a lot of recency bias in myself. Before we get to that, we do bring out the moms, though, which I loved seeing. I love both of their moms. And it was really sweet to see how much they supported not only their kids, but who they married. There was no bad blood, no ill intent, just so much niceness, and I love to see that. After the recap, Kevin even mentions if they would support Shaq and Kirsten getting back together, and both of them were definitely adamantly like, yeah, we would definitely support that. It is very surprising it didn't work. I do wonder if Shaq was just sort of in his feelings, but just leading up to that day, I'm sure you're thinking about every possible outcome, the pros, the cons that have, you've just seen over these last two months. And 
you know, in his mind, it just must not have been enough to warrant a yes at that moment in time. But it seems like from outside of Shaq's decision, it seems like everyone's on board with having this couple work. Except the couple. Well, <laughs> even Kirsten said yes. After getting like beaten down for the whole episode. I mean, her first statement was no, never again. And then with all the pressure of everyone, then at the end, she was like, fine, we'll see. I just feel like at that point of who knows how long this took to film, like that's going to get anyone to be like, yeah, sure, we'll see. I need to like get home. (laughs) Let's wrap this up. One of the big things that came up with Shaq and Kirsten's mom was the flashbacks of Shaq wanting to meet or rather hang out more with Kirsten's family. And this was a big red flag to me during the season. Sure. Kirsten said her family consists of her mom, her dad, her brother, and her sister, and he has met all of them. I do love that mom kind of puts her in her spot, though. I do. I do like it. She says she kind of chalks it up to a miscommunication and says that, yes, he met your family, but he wants to get to know the family. He wants to be a part of the family. Oh, I took that more as Shaq's definition of I want to get to know your family is more of or know them or meet them is like a wider group of people. Whereas Kirsten's trying to essentially define you are meeting everyone that's important to me. Like there is nobody else. Whereas maybe on Shaq's side, he must he might have a huge family. He's like, I'm introducing you to so many people. But Kirsten might be thinking, that's great. But I've also introduced you to like the four closest people to my life. I still think I, I took it the same way mom took it. As in like, he wants to actually know them, not just say hi to them on the wedding right. day. He wants to develop a relationship. Yeah. Kirsten's mom says, you can set time aside for things that are important and his feelings are valid. That was that was a good point because Kirsten's mom was essentially saying that you can't really say you don't have time because you're going to make time for what you care about. Yeah, as in anything. Now, this is the part that made me remember all the things that I roasted Kirsten for all season. I'll always say I like Kirsten as a person, but a lot of things she did, I was like, mm, maybe not ready to be married. This is one of them. She does not want to be seen with Shaq in public. She doesn't want to be seen one month with the husband, next month not with him, just not doesn't even want to deal with it because no matter where she goes, she tends to know people. That was a weird statement because during the moments that you're in this experiment, why are you thinking about one month I'm going to be seen with a husband, the next month I won't be? Why are you thinking that this already isn't going to work out? That is the vibe I got from her the entire season is you are prepping for the divorce. You are prepping to split. You don't want to be seen because you're already halfway out the door. The other thing that you mentioned, which was the, the aha moment, was do you not know that you're on a television show? <laughs> that was my comment on the couch. Is I was like, does she know how this works? It's inappropriate. And I can see someone being insecure because of that. I think it's a little bit more than a mini red flag. It's like a little bit bigger that you wouldn't be comfortable being out in public with your partner. Especially because this isn't a boyfriend. This isn't someone that you're soft launching on Instagram. This is your husband who you're on a TV show with. It's gonna get out. Kristen does say that she did feel 
insecure in the marriage. So she was nervous to be in public with him. But that I still don't let it fly because of that. I don't want to grill Kirsten too much because I could understand where during this experiment, that's totally valid. You might, you're just not comfortable. You're just not mm. 100% soul person. But, <laughs> but if you get to the point somewhere in this experiment where you're willing to say yes to stay married, that switch in your mind has to flip of like, okay, I am now comfortable being out and about with this person. Hopefully that would be at least a week or two before decision day where you and Shaq could do these things or you're out in public uh, being comfortable presenting him as your husband. Are you really giving it your all if you don't want to be seen with a person? Mm, I think, I you're, think mm. you're missing out on a lot of opportunities. I think you're already deciding before it needs to be decided. I would agree. And I always like, regardless, I, I play such a devil's advocate with this couple because you saw how crappy Shaq treated her coming into the apartment, not even speaking with her. And then I'm like, yeah, of course. Why would you want to show that off? You're huh, not even going to deal with that. But then at the same time, I'm always like, oh, was that a reaction to her being like, no, you aren't coming with me? Because I would be a little pissy too. The way they framed it on the <laughs> show, it was seemed like it was more of a reaction to not being able to meet your family members or form that bond to family members. It almost seemed like it was a reaction to that. I'm just saying you don't want to be seen with me. You won't let me meet your friends or family. I'm not allowed to go out to dinner with you. I. So he was a little checked out. Yeah, like I'm I'm not. Why, what, why would I put anything into this? Shaq has a lot of his own issues. I <laughs> I don't want to only like roast Kirsten here. The moms exit the stage and Kevin's really laying it on thick. Tells them to go out for dinner, have a good time. And then this is referenced many times throughout this episode. Backstage though, this is what I think is very telling. Kirsten says, don't feel pressured. Say how you feel. And Shaq just says like, yeah, we'll go to dinner. Like, what does that mean? You missed a little detail, though. The way they were communicating sort of kind of short with each other. Yeah. Because Kirsten says, say what you feel. And then Shaq immediately says, I voiced exactly how I felt. Like, just quickly responded. It's not good. It just seemed a little bit just just sharp with each other. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I, I just picked it up very quickly. I Yeah. No, I don't think we're on like these great terms. The going out thing was interesting. I would imagine, mind you, I don't know any of this information if it actually is factual, but I would imagine if you're all were a part of this experience, maybe you've seen each other, maybe you haven't, you know, maybe you didn't form a crazy good bond, but you're still acquaintances. When you go to these reunions, I would guess they would plan to go out together to a dinner or something as like, hey, we made it. Let's toast, have some food. So when everyone's saying like, oh, yeah, we have a date tonight or whatever, I kind of assume like, well, I'm thinking you guys are getting together anyways. Well, they did say right when they right in the first scene before the moms came out, they did say that they hung out a couple weeks ago and it was great. So I don't know. Shaq and Kirsten hanging out again. I wonder, was that just you two? Was it in a group setting? Was it, oh, let's hang out as friends. Let's go. Do you want to go shopping together? Do you want to go get a coffee? Like, what was the scenario? Oh, you bring up a really good point. Was it a moment they made for themselves or was was this the where are they now? Like, house that they hung out in together. 
Because that's that, very telling. Well, one that'd be telling me what to that's stupid. Like, <laughs> well, I, would, I could see them saying I, that. I though. wouldn't even count that as like, yeah, we hung out. I'm like, yeah, because you were made to. Yeah. Then we move on to Dom and Mac. Really could have done without a lot of these, but that's okay. We see a flashback of the first week of their relationship when they could actually stand each other. They agree they found each other attractive and the conversation was initially really easy. And the million dollar question, how did you get here? Max says that he thinks he was just really overwhelmed with the entire process and the emotions that came along with it. He says that Dom was probably overwhelmed by him and his personality and that he knows that he can be overwhelming and difficult. Dom says that she remembers what she put on her survey and something that she stressed was having someone in Nashville. She does not want to move away. She made it clear and it scared her to see how Mac was really wishy-washy on it. And I loved her saying, because anything I can get on this survey that they fill out, I'm taking. So I loved hearing that she stressed that. This kind of proves to me, along with, I mean, things we've heard through other seasons that they maybe aren't taking into consideration what people are really stressing. Okay, I'm doubling down on this because (laughs) now I don't know what Kirsten put on her survey, but if someone says my... Something I can't bend on is I can't have a ball guy. And you give her a ball guy, it's like, what? I think appearance is different. Is that bad? Am I giving too much grace there to this show? But the rub with this show is that so many people put so much weight on appearance. Mm, that's true. They always talk about, oh, there was that initial attraction. So like we, we didn't have to worry about that. We can progress to other stuff. Mm. So it's like, it's so... In- because of the way this is laid out, sadly, that is very important to these couples. Do you think Gina like underlined, circled and highlighted like no people with red hair? No, but I think (laughs) lessons are learned when everyone talks about like, Oh, I grew so much. I learned so much. And I'm, you know, I'm more whatever affirmative about things. I'm pretty sure Gina is now for sure. Like do not fucking match me with a ginger ever. (laughs) Oh if she gosh. has friends, like, oh, she already said, do you, I don't get along exactly, with people if she with has red a friend hair. And says, oh, do you know someone? She's going to be like, they better not be a ginger. Like <sighs> point blank, period. She's missing out on a lot of great people. No, I like Clint. We're fans of Clint. Back to Mac and Dom. Counter to you, I enjoyed this segment more than any of their other random segments together because they got to really break down why it didn't work or you know, it started off so well, which actually, honestly, I think Max a fucking liar because <laughs> what he was saying about Gina later in the episode was oh, like, I know it, it was just weird. And he probably thought Dom was just an, a, you know, just a fine looking person. But I would imagine in the back of his mind, he's like, yeah, she looks good, but she's not my forever person. So whenever something did break in their relationship, I mean, from both sides, it was just over. Okay, I'll save it for when we get to that segment, but Gina and Mac are so gross on their date to have to, like, put down other people. I'm going to leave it at that. It's, it's pretty cringe. I do agree with you. I think Mac and Dom were the most open here that they've ever been with each other about why it didn't work and what truly, like, was such a bad vibe for them, which was, like, really giving them the, nope, this is not my person. At one point, Max says that he was caught by surprise by the request for a divorce. And Dom said that she did not have the intention to ask for a divorce that day. I think that's wild. 
you didn't know you were going to ask for a divorce. That feels like such a big decision to make at the drop of a hat. Just, oh, yeah, no. But it's not because you only known this person for two weeks. So did you even give it a try? I would agree that Dom, you know, mental state probably didn't think, you know, I'm, I'm getting a divorce today. I, I'm sure that wasn't on her mind, but I believe it was Pastor Cal. After hearing their sort of where they are right now, their back and forth, and him feeling their state of their relationship had to bring up the question because it sounded like there's no way mm-hmm. this is working. It sounds like it's already over. So you have to ask the question and Don probably realizes, yeah, like, why am I going to drag this out? Like, I, I'm not feeling it. And that's like, exactly what she said. Yeah. Like, let me just get a divorce because it's just amazing how fast, you know, it all it all kind of kind of went. You know what's also amazing? How quick the divorce conversation with an expert happened versus resources or therapy or actual conversations about the problems. Like, we never had that. We were instantly asking, okay, so is it a divorce? And that was it. Something that is never brought up on these, I wish it was as far as for the folks in the experiment. And who knows, maybe after the experiment's done, they answer some kind of survey but I'm curious if they felt if they're getting enough time with the experts. I know. Because we only get to see whatever, you know, whatever production chops up and shows to us. But we don't know everything that doesn't make the cut. Or maybe the cameras aren't just there and they do have a direct line to FaceTime Pastor Cal, for example. We don't know. And maybe that's not filmed. I have a completely like no basis for this theory, which are my favorite theories <laughs> they come out of nowhere. But I think this is one of the most edited TV shows on television. I feel like they film everything and they got it, but they make storylines almost out of thin air. You can tell by the way people react or the fact that there's rarely more than one person in a shot. I mean, you can make anything out of that. I mean, even the I don't way... know where I was going with that. No, Sorry. no, 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 no. I mean, even the way... <laughs> I don't mind so much of that, especially for sort of to generate buzz. I mean, if you have this really neat trailer that's chopped up and, you know, a a monstrous fight or some crazy revelation. But the issue, not really with this season so much, is more of, well, one, their problem here was like too many things were spoiled. Like early. I know. Which is just, it's really saddening. Like, that's a bummer. Sorry. Not only spoiled, but didn't end up being anything anyway. Yeah. Which was infuriating. Absolutely nothing. Like, nothing. But the only way it doesn't really work out is if the trailer ends up being the best thing all Mm -hmm. season. That is not good. I don't really mind the storylines, like the weird cuts of, I might bitch about them on the pod, but realistically, I mean, that's television where... You sort of film someone's crazy reaction, and when you see it on the show, it's not actually a reaction referring to what you think it is. Yes, notoriously. I mean, I don't mind too much. I mean, I know it's television, yeah, but that also makes, I think, at least us as viewers and podcasters who inevitably break this down, well, realistically, everyone that watches this is breaking this down, but you're sort of watching, now we're sort of watching out for those things even more of are they leading me down this false road? Mm-hmm. Is this the real storyline? Sort of the thing you always mention, like, why isn't there a wide shot of both these people having a conversation? They're never in the same shot, yeah. even though they're sitting right next to each other. Allegedly. 
Dom says that part of her believed that if Mac really wanted to be there, he would have let she he wouldn't have let her run him off like that. And I hated that. So Dom wanted to be fought for slash chased. Yep. She said she needs that sometimes because she's hard headed. And I don't like that. I don't like that coming from an adult because that's always the like, oh, I'm an asshole. Well, it's just who I am. Oh, I'm a Aries. I can't help it. <laughs> like whatever it is. I'm like, if you know that, can we maybe work on it? Yeah. Something like that. That would come after more time of knowing someone. You just know this person for two weeks. They yeah. don't entirely know how they should respond or how they should uh, sort of react to your moments. Also, I don't think that's maybe the most natural initial way to react to someone you just met. Like you're going to tell them how it's going to be like, no, you're probably being like on your best behavior and trying to be nice. 100%. 100%. I felt like Kevin was throwing a little bit of shade and I enjoyed it when he said, that's mature that you need someone to say, just shut up and stick with the plan. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, from personal experience, I would not approach someone that I've just known for two weeks like that. No, you can't. You're, no. you're, that's grounds for an instant divorce. Sure. <laughs> we see a never before seen clip, and it's Dom and Mac at dinner together. And Dom is bringing up the fact that Mac and his family unfollowed her and her family. He admits like immediately, like, yeah, I asked them to. And she just keeps repeating in the least mature voice. Oh, petty Betty. A few things here. You are showing a level of immaturity where you really care about who follows you and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. Not a big deal. No. And also, why would you want your ex's family following you? Exactly. My family rides for me. Why would you expect them to keep following you after we got divorced? Yeah. And you, it's, it was two weeks. Like it's nothing like just move. We're all agreeing to move on. Why do they need to follow you? And why is it even an insult to you that they're not? You know, in the past we talk about, you know, hoping everyone finds love or Mm -hmm. why something didn't work out with the couple. It is interesting to me when the couples, after they break up, talk about, or Kevin usually asks, like, oh, are you dating? How's it going? Mm-hmm. The DM's popping. And then whatever. Everyone naturally always says, like, yeah, DMs are popping. DMs are on fire. Whatever the hell they say. But in this case, they're both dating. And the energy they both put off when they answered that question almost seemed like, yeah, I'm dating. But, uh, you know, hasn't amounted to nothing. <laughs> yeah. But for both, I'm like, hmm. They're, uh, hmm. Yeah, they're out there. Maybe they're having fun. Maybe it's not working out. Who knows? But it was interesting to... I felt the same energy from both answers. Same. Perfect segue to Mac and Gina. They replay the comment of the guys hanging out together and Mac calling Gina sexy and gorgeous and that Clint is crazy. I love when they always cut to Eris after Mac is complimenting her. He's like, uh, what? He's like, you can't do that. (laughs) Mac says that he was hard on Clint and Gina disagrees. Shocking. She says it's hot seeing a guy stick up for her. Ew. Ew, Gina, let it go. I think I've been saying that for a long time now. Get over it. It is, it is funny to see. They have this sort of like this friendly banter, even though I don't get the feeling this would ever work as a relationship. Yeah, that's true. But they seem to sink sort of 
I don't even know, man. Like, like, like mean girls, like, like energy levels. <laughs> I don't know if it's mean girls, but it seems like they do sync up, but I could not see this working. Also, I don't think they realize how hmm, maybe distasteful it is to admit that at the airport, the day after your wedding to someone else, you're exchanging looks with someone else's partner. Maybe, maybe just leave that out and have that be like a little joke for you guys inside. You know, I don't think that's ever come up in any prior season. I know. But and, I'm, I'm sure it happened. Maybe, maybe and, early on they're like, oh, that person's very attractive. And you oh, keep that to or, yourself. You know, I find them more attractive than the person they match <laughs> oh, with. But, but, but we don't say it. Right. We don't get that. The fact that they were so blatant and open to mention that it was interesting. Those are inside voices. Those are inside thoughts. You, they don't need to come out. I also hated that Mac flat out said that he's more attracted to Gina than Dom. And Gina just agrees and says, yeah, yeah, I get it. And that was well, on their date. He, he tries not to finish the sentence and Gina's like, he knows it's I, wrong. And Gina says, oh, I get it. Yeah. More attracted to me. Gross. What a pick me. You don't need to put down another person to raise yourself up. Ew. Max says that he and Gina get along better than she did with Clint because of their shared life experiences, how they communicate, and how they are both attracted to each other. Gina says he definitely understands me better than Clint did. He's easy to talk to, stylish, easy on the eyes, and it didn't feel forced. Ew. The <laughs> Bro, way, stop. Uh, the way you're complimenting <laughs> this man, well... Stylish? I, I mean, well, why? Well, I mean, I know why it's not working out. I mean, he's he's not even in the state, and you're a business owner in Tennessee. Like, you're not moving. Yeah. So we find out there hasn't been a second date, and then while Mac is put on the spot, he asks Gina out on a second date, which is like not what I would want at all. Like, the you had months to ask me on a date, and the only reason you did it is because Kevin is putting you on the spot. No. How awkward would this be if this was just for television? And once they cut, Gina's like, okay, you know, we're not going on a date, right? Like, <laughs> I know I got a I, date. I have, I have plans. <laughs> He's like, no, no. Yeah, I, I get it. That, that was for television. Thank you. I appreciate it. And then once again, we bring up all of the topics that we just talked about with Shaq and Kirsten and Dom and Mac and Gina and Mac with all the guys on the stage. I'll save you from too many of the repeats, but I did think it was very sweet that Clint took everyone sailboat racing, I think it's called. Sailboating? Sailboating? <laughs> sure. That's not my life. I have no idea. <laughs> I do love where Clint tries to say, oh, you know, Mac wasn't there, you know, out of town. I know. But back in his mind, he's like, fuck Mac. <laughs> A little bit of shade, you know, Mac didn't come because he's not in Nashville. Hint, hint, wink, wink. No, but the the film or the, the video they showed of that trip, it seemed great. I'm sure the way they described it, Clint was in his element doing, mm -hmm. you know, his very like, your, I mean, that is your world. Um, it must have been a really fun trip. It's fun to see when people are passionate and showing you their passion. It's also good to see that these relationships stick. Yeah. Uh, I do like that when, you know, you, you can have someone you can contact or get feedback on or, or develop a relationship or maybe who knows get relationship advice you know trauma bonding trauma bond a little <laughs> bit of trauma bonding we then move on talking about eris and his love of talking about sex we get some embarrassing flashbacks that made me 
Rosie cheeked all over again. <laughs> Eris says that he was surprised that they did not have sex, but that it just didn't happen. He didn't feel they were on the same page and didn't want to mislead her with sex. Which, I mean, valid, right? No, I mean, you very, don't want to mislead someone. Very mature statement from Eris as far as... But maybe don't keep bringing up sex. No, that, that, see, Eris, man, I you're, know. you're just like, you're so perplexing because in some ways... <laughs> You sound so dumb, but in some ways, like you make really smart choices and very valid reasoning for those choices. Like, for example, he mentions the connection to his past relationships of I've seen sex sort of get in the way or, or I don't know, maybe cloud things in prior relationships. So I don't want that to happen with Jasmine or, you know, he sensed that, you know, I am not getting those feelings. So I'm just not going to introduce that into this relationship. Mm -hmm. But then he talks about what's your favorite sex position. Yeah. You just blowing backs out. On, on TV, man. You you can't ask the pastor's daughter this. No. While the, the video is recording. The pastor's daughter. No. Multiple times in this scene alone, when Mac and Gina are brought up, they're like trying to create drama with Clint. They asked him just two or three times. How did that make you feel? Did that rub you the wrong way? Fellas, was that okay? Is that breaking bro code? And every single time, Clint is just like, no, we've already established. Like, nothing's going to happen. It's totally fine. This was after decision day. <laughs> on and on again. He's being very just nice in his response. And that is not what this show wanted. We find out that the guys are getting lots of uh, DMs. Very graphic DMs. Someone wants to lick Shaq's head. Somebody wants like bathwater or something from Mac from Mac. Okay, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Who says it's a man? Fair point. This person. Come on, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and then Chris says he's not trying to be in the doghouse. Doesn't answer the question, which is probably the smartest thing to do. The experts then come out. And I felt like a lot of this segment was them trying to justify their decisions and why people were matched, even though we as viewers were like, wow, that's not a good match. I was surprised to see Dr. Pia as she was on one episode, but from what we see, she is going to be a full-time expert next season. But I thought it was interested, interesting she was included here, but like Devon wasn't. I just wonder... Are there just a lot of things that just don't make the cut? I think so. Were there, were there sessions with Dr. Pia where it was just, they were just like, mm, not really feeling it. It doesn't flow. This is your first season. Get it under your belt. You know, season two or your, your second season will feature you just a little bit more. I would like to know when these matches are being made, who inevitably makes the match? Is it really these experts or is it a team behind the scenes you never see? Or do the experts just sort of stamp a final approval for this match we've proposed. I wonder that too, because obviously the people coming in for these interviews are not meeting the experts. And so I wonder how far into the process is it the last step? You have 12 people match them up. <laughs> like where do these people fall? Or you got to think there must be, there must be buffer because things can come up, family situations, life, Let's say you have five couples. I wonder if they also have sort of an idea in their mind of like one or two reserved couples, like just in case something happens with this person. It sounds like there are alternates. Out. It does sound like there are. 
Very interesting, right? Because then that person that is an alternate was not technically who was matched. Isn't that some BS? You know, it would be interesting if you had the option to, if you didn't make the show, like, hey, um, you didn't make the show, but there is someone here we think you should go on, you know, you guys should go on a date. Oh, that would be cute. You, you I would ma- watch that. You matched that. really well. Oh my gosh, that might be more successful than the actual show. I would watch that. Yeah, th- well, that would just be really interesting to see if um, they do that for people, but maybe they don't. No, they definitely don't, but I want to see that. <laughs> don't worry, guys. We brought out Mac and Dom again because we just don't have enough. But this ends up being a good conversation. I think Dom maybe kind of realizes she may have been a little too harsh, maybe a little too quick to make the decision. I think Mac maybe had a little bit of growth here. I think it was good. Dom starts getting more emotional when they talk about how harsh she was. And she says that she never said bad things. She was never attacking his character. And they were like, mm, mm, you were, it was pretty bad. It is different when you, one, have the chance to view, like, you're like, you know, it's like you don't envision yourself, I guess, the same as when you see like a video playback or something like, wow, that's how I look or that's how I act. Or that's how I talk. My worst fear, honestly. Right. Yeah. Now we listen back to podcast I know, and audio. I don't. Yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> but then also seeing or hearing more people sort of confirm that you were harsh. Yeah. That's a hard realization. But very proud of her for taking that in and growing from it because there are people that see that and they go, they double down on their bad behavior. Mm-hmm. So good for you. Dr. Pepper says that she remembers seeing lots and lots of criticism from Dom, and she wanted to tell her not to do that. You, as an expert, why did you not do that? Don't tell me what you think you should have done. Like, you were the expert. You are the expert. She also says that she wanted Mac to stand up for himself. Why Why did we not have an entire session about this? I wonder, just like we mentioned where... Dom says, you know, I expected to be, you know, she didn't say this, but essentially she wanted to be chased. Yes. It's like, well, he's not going to, he's not going to react that way this soon. Mm -hmm. And the other way, well, maybe you should stick up for yourself as, you know, just speaking for Mac here, like maybe you should be doing that. But like you said, you're kind of on your best behavior. Cause what if in your mind you're thinking, if I react to this in a fairly, you know, firm way, are they going to sort of backpedal and be like, whoa, this person is like, I don't know, kind of odd or kind of weird or has, yeah. um, you know, doesn't take criticism well. But what? Like, it's not that I don't take criticism well. I'm just trying to stand up for myself. Yeah. That reminds me. Do you remember this conversation we had with two other couples? I was talking about how, like, I can't give you the silent treatment if we've been arguing because, like, you're living your best life. It doesn't matter if I'm not talking to you. You are not bothered. And she was like, yeah, same. There's no... He's still talking to me. I'm not responding. Like He's still having a great time. <laughs> That's what that reminded me of. Like, you just don't know what's effective, what's right. Mm-hmm. Figuring it out. Dom says that she came into this process wanting it to work and she feels like a failure. She says it weighs heavy on her heart. Says seeing how I was responding makes me sad. Not only that, but. You know, the internet is just not a nice place. No, I'm sure I'm sure Dom got it Mm -hmm. from the Twitterverse, from Instagram, from all their platforms where, you know, the community can interact with you. And just from the way the show went on, 
I would imagine that, you know, the community wasn't nice to Dom. Yeah. We then bring Kirsten and Shaq out with the experts. And right away, Dr. Pepper said he's glad Shaq regrets it. What? What's this pressure? I don't like it. Like, let these people live their lives. There were a lot of issues here that they did not get help with. Come on. I did find it interesting because on decision day, you know, as far as for showrunners, they don't get the the moment of multiple folks saying yes and having these couples work out. So I thought it was interesting that they were trying so hard. I mean, not just the experts. I mean, we're talking about Kevin, uh, family, and trying to get this couple together. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's great. Sure, the couple to work out. But for folks attached to this show, I would think there's really no benefit of them getting together after the show because that's more of a validation that the show puts on way too much pressure or cameras or these you know, stupid or not stupid events that kind of make you do. If it ends up working after the show, that kind of more leads to the show is not, or the the way the experiment is constructed is not well put together to blossom a relationship. If you have more people essentially getting together after the experiment. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pressure in this segment. I mean, at one point I feel like Kirsten starts tearing up and she just says, you know, it would be great if this was all genuine, but she's just at a loss for words. And I think Shaq feels pressure to say the right thing, even if he maybe doesn't feel it. And I think Kirsten knows it based on that backstage conversation. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I didn't like about the pressure because both of these individuals are trying to protect themselves because in some ways, well, maybe Kirsten more than Shaq, they were rejected so they have to be really careful about how they engage with this person. Mm-hmm. So sort of getting this push from all of these different uh, places must be hard on them. And like you said, that kind of reflects on Kirsten's reaction where you eventually start tearing up. In the end of this segment, Shaq says, I apologize that I hurt you. I didn't think about how it would make you feel. Which feels like... Mm, Telling someone you want to divorce on decision day, that has to cross your mind, right? Maybe he didn't realize the fallout from it. How much he would be criticized for it, maybe. Kristen says, I appreciate that and we'll talk. We'll just see how it goes. I didn't mind the reaction. It's either going to work. You're going to be friends. No, that's, that's what's going to happen. Not a big deal. Yeah. And she finishes it by saying, I need to know how serious you are about me. I'm not someone to play with. If you want this to work out, I need to know. I need the honest 100% truth. I'm doing my finger snaps right now. Finger snaps. <laughs> yeah. Finger snaps. She is completely spot on. Not any of this. You're feeling pressured by the experts right here, right now. You feel like you have to give it a try. Like, let's move on if this is it. That's right, it. I don't want you to feel like you're forced to be with me. I want someone to want to be with me. Yep. Then all the couples, or I should say all the participants, (laughs) come out and sit on the couch with Kevin. And we find out kind of what was behind the Clint and Dom kiss. So everyone made a deal. If you both hit a bullseye, you don't have to kiss. But if you miss, you have to kiss. It's funny because the grand scheme of things, that was such a stupid bet. I mean, it was definitely to make it happen. Right. We also move on to Nicole leading every conversation. And I mean, you need it every season. Otherwise, people are just going to sit there. But it was funny to kind of see how people reacted to it while some were like, yeah, absolutely. It's her personality. She means love by it. And I did like the few times that someone admitted like, mm, that was you were coming on a little strong. I think while we were 
watching the show I mentioned, it was interesting also to see that I don't know if this is how Chris is normally, but it almost seemed like he took a little bit of Nicole's personality as far as <laughs> the the conversation uh, ringleader and sort of, I guess what we grilled them about or grilled Nicole early on in the season is whereas in the men's conversations, I felt like Chris always had to respond. Mm-hmm. I was like, Chris, shut up. You don't have to respond <laughs> to everything. And then in an infuriating moment, Kevin turns to Shaq and Kirsten and says, why don't you explain what just happened with the experts? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I can't. But for the third time, I can't hear the same thing in one episode. Kevin asks if they're still going to go on their date and tells everyone to leave them alone and to stop pressuring them. Sir. What? Sir. Hmm. Hmm. No, 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 no. We kind of get some ending scenes with people to kind of wrap up the season. We see ventriloquist impressions with Eris and Jasmine. Kirsten and Shaq try to do their own, but I think I liked the Eris and Jasmine one more. I would agree. Uh, the Hank and Clint montage got us all. That could that could make people cry. It did. It made multiple people cry. Everyone was in their feels. And that was the true love story of this season. The breakout star. It is amazing how that scene shows what a loving person Clint is. And just, I mean, he doesn't really, he didn't have to do any of this with Hank. I mean, like yeah. walking Hank, taking care of him. I think Gina may have been out of town once. I Going can't, on I can't adventures, remember. getting pup cups. Getting pup cups, uh, hanging out with the boys and their dogs in one scene. I <laughs> yeah. mean, all of these things. And that should really demonstrate what kind of person this is. Yeah. He's and a good it guy. is a little bit telling that you might not be into gingers, but you're also, I'm sorry, Gina, apparently not into a good human being. I think Clint is. A little corny sometimes, but that's what's so charming. Did he have a rough <laughs> start with all of us? Yes. Oh, did he have talk a r- about character arc? Wow. For sure, he had a hated him rough start. I roasted him every episode, and I was like, I cannot believe this man is on here. Get him off my TV. Now oh, look it, at us. It, We're it going went, to bat. It went from I think we had some assumptions of the type of man Clint was. Mm, he was putting that out there to where <laughs> to. At the end of the season, I mean, not only is he friends with everyone on the cast, I mean, I would like to be Clint's friend. I mean, he seems like such a cool dude. <laughs> he could teach you to cook. For sure. For sure. And sale. <laughs> That's right. The actual end scene was a montage of the season, what they considered like fun, goofy moments. And then everyone on the cast talking about what they learned and what they are taking away from this experiment. And that is it. The season is done. A wild ride with you all. Many months. Many, many months. Some episodes great. Some, eh. But, <laughs> so many repeats. But overall, pretty cool. Um, Love the cast. I always do this thing every season where I watch the first one, two episodes, and I'm like, I don't really like anyone. I'm not attached to anyone. I don't relate to any of them. This is going to be a boring cast. And then I get like three four episodes in and then i know everything about everyone and i like everyone and i'm rooting for them all yeah there was some interesting personalities on this season overall i I thought it was fine i wasn't blown away by anything i wouldn't i probably wouldn't put it on this like hey you're gonna start watching married at first sight start here no no no, no. probably not (laughs) probably not maybe avoid this season but but 
it was it was good for us who are longtime watchers. For sure, for sure. The again, the only con I think we mentioned it throughout the the season, kind of covering the pod, is that I mean, some episode lanes were long, and it kind of seemed like filler content, or we lost a couple, and mm-hmm. then they sort of the show tried to maintain that show length, and then at one point actually finally reducing it and then yeah. adding, uh, mixing in their little 30 minute post show after, uh, which is fine. I am looking forward to next season. I think this one being so long, we are hoping for a little bit of a break. I'm crossing my fingers for not only like a massive reduction in the amount of episodes, but I want this to be a one hour show. But here's the thing. Season starts. We see all the five couples and everyone like personality wise, just what you see in the future of the show is just a total banger. Are you really still hoping that it's a reduced show or you know what I mean? Still. Interesting. (laughs) I'm still tired from this season. Yes. Also, can we not have three episodes of weddings? Man, you know, something that not only married at first sight, just so many of these shows that have, you know, now just have so many seasons. It's so hard to break away from the formula, especially if you have that continued viewership. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, why would we? The wedding episodes are our highest. I don't know. This for, I don't know this for a fact. But if the wedding episodes are the higher viewership, which I'm guessing they are, it's like, why are we going to reduce that to two? We're now just losing viewers after the weddings are done. Like we're going to maintain three episodes of weddings. That's true. That makes sense. I guess like you can't blame them then. Yeah, but but to the listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us. Thank you for tuning into all the episodes. We really appreciate it. We're really happy we can finally close this out. This has been looming (laughs) in the back of our minds since it aired. Promise to get it out to you. It's finally out. So thank you again for listening. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us for these six, seven months of this show. We will be right back here for the next season. I know there hasn't been a release date yet, but we'll be here when the weddings start. We don't typically cover the matchmaking special, but a little later on, we'll jump in. Thank you all for your really sweet reviews and comments and messages recently. We have also had some not so nice reviews and messages be coming in. And so... It really evens it out in my head because when we get bad ones, I always like to tell myself like, oh, don't let it bother you. But it totally wrecks my day, my week. Like, I feel bad. But, you know, just remember that there is a human on the other side of that. This is a straight up hobby. Uh, Just be mindful of that. All right. We appreciate your time. The love. Hanging out with us always. For sure. For sure. We're kind of doing something interesting for Sister Wives. If you're into that, go ahead and tune into the episode that's going to drop at the same time. We'll give you all the details there. But otherwise, have a beautiful week. We'll stay in contact and we will talk to you next season. Thank you so much. We'll see you later.